You're listening to a podcast from RadioMisfits.com. And now it's time for the Mr. Nelson Show. Welcome to another episode of the Mr. Nelson Show, episode 32. Yes, well, uh, in the primary vote uh, uh, this week, Donald Trump, uh, he swept through like a golden-headed comb-over. And uh, that was probably his biggest night yet. You know, he's, he's been the front-runner all along, but uh, he really uh, cleaned up big time. And uh, that especially thanks to Pennsylvania, I believe. And so uh, he collected quite a few delegates. He's not quite at a thousand yet, but uh, very close. And uh, but it's also important to remember that uh, some of these delegates are unbound. That means they could go wherever they want. Yes, those are the rules. (laughs) Um, People keep threatening riots if he doesn't get it. Uh, Yeah, I uh, if you're going to do that, you might as well join the Democrats because that's what they do. Um. And besides, um, if you don't like the rules, then I guess you wanted Al Gore to be president. Uh, this thing about uh, the rules being rigged and what have you, uh, you, you can argue all that stuff about they're shitty and they're no good and all that, and that's a good argument to change them, but you would have to change them for the next election. You can't do it after the fact. And it speaks to a bit of incompetence on Trump's part that he didn't learn the rules i mean even at even he did as well as he did in pennsylvania despite the fact that he didn't exactly you know put out the pointers of where to go and which delegates to vote for and all that sort of thing it was uh he's still kind of kind of just phoning it in uh yeah but anyway you know he, he keeps winning more or less so he figures eh, so what <laughs> so, so so there you go uh Next week is the final battle in a real sense. Um, if Cruz can't win Indiana, that's the basic rule of thumb here that it's over. Uh, so it's just, you know, uh, w- whether Trump can mathematically get the necessary numbers for the first ballot. But I think the pressure would be so significant that delegates would just vote him in on the first uh, ballot. If there's a second ballot, well, then uh, Cruz has a very good chance of getting it. Uh, but there would still be a huge walkout. Now, you got to break that down because a lot of these states are, like I've said before, mostly the blue states that Trump does well in. So there's a lot of crossover, which, you know, I don't understand this crossover business. A lot of these uh, uh, primaries, they, they need to close it to their members. <laughs> I mean, granted, uh, people, uh, you know, it doesn't matter when you're voting for the general election. You, you don't have to be a member of any party to vote for it. But when it comes to a party selecting who they want to represent it, you would think the party would decide that. So that means you would have to be a member of it to have a voice in it. But, uh, well, they have open primaries in a lot of these states, so that's the way it goes. See, here in Louisiana, uh, I couldn't vote because I'm registered independent. So uh, I couldn't participate in any of it, uh, which is fine by me because uh, I don't like those parties. <laughs> so um, that's the price I pay for uh, uh, not joining the uh, party. But um, but anyway, um, all in the, still, it was a good night for Trump. Uh, it wasn't a very good night for uh, Bernie Sanders. Um, he did win Rhode Island, <laughs> which apparently is actually considered a state. 
<laughs> but uh, he won that, and that was it. Hillary took everything else, and uh, it didn't matter because uh, that was a foregone conclusion. I mean, all the bitching about the Republican uh, me uh, mechanisms of uh, the primaries and whatnot and uh, choosing delegates, uh, they got nothing on the Democrats with their superdelegate system. And uh, I think if Bernie were black he'd have a better chance. Let's just put it that way. Because uh, there were, has been superdelegates in 68. And that's back when the Democrats rioted then, you know. And uh, speaking of rioting, they uh, they keep protesting uh, outside Trump. And I tell you, every time they do, wow, Trump's ought to cut him a check because that just makes him look better. <laughs> uh, they run around and they, they call him a Nazi or a fascist and a thug and all that. Well, you can't fight fascism and thuggery by being a fascist thug. <laughs> and that's what those protesters do. Uh, so, yeah, they're just making great footage for Trump ads. And that's the way that goes. What's the matter, Lefty? Oh, nothing. I'm just sitting here patiently waiting for my son to speak. It is sad about Bernie, but like I've said, I've seen the light and realized that we got to rally behind Hillary and put her in. And besides, it's high time a woman got in and showed this nation right from wrong in the way that they should know. You know, even though wrong is relative, of course. But uh, I'm on a high note these days because I've I've got quite the crush going on. I think I'm in love. Really? And so, so who is he? Don't, don't stop that! Damn it, don't! All right, all right, I'm sorry. You're not gay. This, yes, I'm not. Not that I'm ashamed of it, but... Well, you're ashamed of what... Oh, yeah, all right, all right, we won't bring that up. Damn. Just, the point is that I saw a beautiful article, uh, well, actually a video for The Guardian on YouTube by Mono Chalabi. And I just, I am just so impressed. This is a brilliant point that she made. And it's a word that needs to get out there. Because people need to understand certain matters of behavior that we need to in, employ in our lives so that we can all get along and become a greater part of the human family. All right, well, let's, uh, let's see what she did. Grammar snobs are patronizing, pretentious, and just plain wrong. Oh. Put grammar in front of the word snob, and suddenly some people feel strangely proud. They shouldn't be. Most grammar snobs well. use an elite and increasingly outdated form of the English language, <clears throat> and they think they're somehow superior because of it. In most cases, the mistakes being highlighted yes. really don't matter at all. Right. If I look around the room and say, there are less people here than I expected, does it really, really need to be pointed out that because people can be counted, I should have said there are fewer people here. The fact is, right on, you most go, of girl. Exactly. Thank you. And fewer interchangeably, without much confusion. I've never been to a supermarket where shoppers are scratching their heads about the ten items or less lane. We get it. Some of these exactly. You go, that girl. Language evolves, but grammar doesn't. That's not true. It was once considered incorrect to start a sentence with words like and or but. Can you believe that? that? It's that true. The standard yes. Pronoun in writing should be he. There are grammar snobs who will say that we need some sort of a common language, a set of rules that everyone can understand. But all too often, they conveniently overlook the fact that the rules they're talking about aren't commonly held at all. Exactly. Just their rules. Take the word literally. Yeah, those fascists, that's I right. I literally don't care if I'm using the word literally in the correct way, according to some Elizabethan definition of correctness. And neither does the Exactly. And who the hell was Elizabeth anyway? Some dead old broad. Who cares? Usage. It doesn't take much to see the power imbalance when it comes to grammar snobbery. 
the people pointing out the mistakes are more likely to be older, wealthier, whiter, or just plain academic. Exactly. The think, well, think wrong with academic. All too often, academia. it's a way to silence people. And that's particularly offensive. Right. So people who keep correcting grammar should shut up. We should spend more time listening to what others have to say and less focusing on the grammar what they say it with. Sorry, we can't ban everything that offends you. In January, more than half a million people... Oh, wait a minute. This lady's saying you can't ban, ban everything Donald that Trump offends you, so I guess you can't ban you know, people correcting grammar. No, that's that's irrelevant. That's just some dumb attitude of the video. You should have stopped it before then. She really made the point. And everybody... Because, I mean, if we keep policing speech like that, no one's ever going to be heard. So these people who correct language like that and just because that's what it's supposed to be, so what? They shouldn't be heard at all. They should shut their mouths. Yeah, that's the way to uh, promote speech is uh, telling people to shut up. Uh, I suppose if one does speak properly, there's some sort of bigot. Yeah, I guess that, yeah, I suppose in a roundabout way, yeah, I suppose you are, because uh, we should all be more to where we're going and where the commonality among us all that's shared by the majority of people, and that's not rich white people. Like she said, they're all whiter and richer than most people who, you know, who don't speak the Elizabethan tongue. So, yes, she's, oh, she's so right on it. She's just, Gorgeous. I, oh God, I would, I, like, you know, I think I would love. Wow. Well, uh, yeah, she, uh, I'll give you that. She is, uh, she's an attractive lady, but, uh, <laughs> her thesis is bullshit. That's just not fair. And I don't like your inherent misogyny there. I think that's what it is. Well, what, what misogyny? You're talking about her looks and then telling her she's bullshit. No, that's got misogyny all over it. I was agreeing with your, uh, saying that she's beautiful. No, don't twist the words onto me. I mean, it's so typical. Stand by your own words. Just don't be a coward. Yeah. Well. So, uh, yeah, I guess uh, she doesn't want people correcting language, and I suppose you shouldn't be making fun of people who, uh, you know, don't pronounce words correctly. Exactly. You shouldn't do that. Yeah, you shouldn't? Well, uh, Hey, there's this other little video clip I think you, you might enjoy. Oh, oh God, what could one. it be? Look at what happened in the oh. 1990s. Our embassies in Kenya and oh. Tanzania. Wait, what? This was a horrible yeah. period of time yeah. for us. He called Tanzania, Tanzania. Oh, my God. What you see? He's a total idiot. That moron. My God. What a buffoon. This just goes to show that not only is he a Thuggers, fascist, and a racist, but he's also an idiot. I mean, good lord, learn how the proper manner of how to speak. God, I just can't stand people who run around lording it over everyone else and won't take the time to learn how to pronounce words. Yeah, yeah, you really gotta, really gotta hate people like that. Well, uh, there's a new character that I just can't stand anymore. Well, um, you mean me? No, not you, Lefty. Ah, well, thank God for that. There's a Pentagon spokesman, John Kirby, uh, was uh, doing his press briefing that they do. Uh, there was only like a handful of reporters there. If you go online to look at the video. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, a couple of them were actually doing their job, and that was nice. Uh, 
they were, the questions got around to the point of uh, Obama recently announced he's sending 150 or is it 250? I can't remember uh, troops to uh, the uh, war theater in Syria. Yeah, well, they're advisors, but um, well, so uh, they'll be sent there. Despite the fact that Obama uh, did promise no boots on the ground, I believe that was the the term. But um, well. Let's just go ahead and uh, play the conference, shall we? Let's listen in. We'll listen to it together. Can I just add on a broader Syria story? You know, back in 2014, the Syrian regime crossed the president's red line um, <laughs> yeah. on using chemical weapons, and he ended up, after well, saying that he would strike, ended up not. And now today he is well, announced yeah, Diplomatically. All right, left. Um, come on, come on. Troops going but, to Syria after saying for months and months and months wow, that Jay. there would be no boots on the ground. Um, I'm just curious should if be this investigated. Is like I wonder who's kind of backing him. Devious All right, plan strategy to say one thing and then do the complete opposite of it. And if it is, what exactly uh, does, are you hoping to accomplish with this? Um, um, and there was never this, you know. There was never this no boots on the ground. I don't know where this keeps <laughs> coming from. Well, yes, yes. There was yes, no, there, there was. no, there wasn't. There was where, what? What? Where, I will not put American boots on the ground in Syria. Who's not that? going to be involved in the, a large scale Obama combat mission on the ground? That is well, what the president has long said. We have three. Wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. We have three thousand some odd troops in Iraq already in advise and assist capacity at ba bases throughout the country. Don't tell me and don't tell them or their families that they're not on the ground. Exactly. They're very yeah. much on the ground. Uh, this asshole is turning it around. In large scale the point is, is that ground you're the one who said there's an no open-ended action like Iraq or Afghanistan. Resolution there, submitted see? today does not call for the deployment of U.S. ground combat forces to Iraq. It is not the authorization of another the, ground the, war. Uh, mantra from the president and the, everyone else. That's what it sounds like. No yeah. Boots on the ground. And no, now that is not true. <laughs> what? It's just not true, man. It is. It's just not true. <laughs> it's true. No, it's not. Well, I just flatly, absolutely disagree with you. But I've been speaking to this whoa, he, for he hammered his little podium okay, there. You're not obviously contemplating returning. We're not contemplating putting boots on the ground. For your predecessor that's up here. That's the thing. They're not returning. I think it, that's it the important. All options are on the table except boots on the ground. That was the... That was the I never said that. I will not put American boots <laughs> on the ground in Syria. <laughs> and Well, that was the whole line from the president <laughs> on down. Anyway. Anyway. It, are you saying mean, that this is the, not the same How do we know they're actually wearing boots? Has anyone ever thought of that? I mean... The other. I will not put American boots oh, on the no. ground in Syria. Oh, well, it doesn't question. look like I have a choice. Thank You're going to talk no matter what. So, so, so go it's ahead. To, to, well, yeah, to that the, question. Uh, within 24 hours, we have seen two conference. headlines. Oh. One of them being President Obama rules out ground troops uh, to Syria. And there was yeah. a, he told the BBC, I can give you an exact quote. And then shortly after, President Obama to deploy 250 more special forces troops Apparently, to John, Syria. John Kirby's uh, never heard of Obama. My question is, what is the difference between the troops Obama's that the president ruled chief. out and the troops that Maybe he's going it. to send to, to Syria? You know, that's actually an intelligent question. That's a good question. Wow. And I appreciate that you asked it. Yeah, unlike that other asshole. Damn it. When we talk about boots on the ground, uh, in the context go. that you have heard people in the administration speak to, we're talking about yes. conventional but, 
large scale. Ex- there you go. Thank you. That are designed exactly. to engage because boots don't necessarily mean boots. You have to understand that. Why can't these people operations figure it out? Is everybody got to be spoon fed for we're you? Not doing that. We've never done oh, that. It's so theory. hard for and a genius like now. Obama to exist but with these ants all around who can't even figure out what boots mean when he says boots and, and grounds. Sometimes it's not grounds or boots. It's boots on the ground, not boots on the ground. Jeez. We're adding another 250. That's very much in keeping with the Spoon feed, breathe in, breathe out, America. Good Lord. From the outset in the fight against Dash, from the very outset, and I know because I spoke about it myself Who's in Dash? my prior life, well, which was to help Arabic improve the, the battlefield ISIS competency and capability yeah, of well, indigenous ground forces. You say ISIL, in Iraq, say ISIS, that's the Iraqi you know. security forces, and of course the Pesha up in the north, and in Syria, it was about trying to get opposition fighters more capable and competent to go after. Yeah, Dash in Syria. Now, as you know, sat on your hands on that one. Started a training program. That's on, not fair. You know, which That's was not, not on the ground in yes, Syria, it, but it, took it, fighters out of Syria uh, and tried to get them prepared and equipped. That didn't meet with much success. No. So they started no. to do the same mission, but do it in Syria with special operations forces. That has shown some success. Let me finish. But they that weren't wearing boots. Success. Is that, is so that what you're saying? So why not capitalize on that success? So we can have a nice little debate about boots on the ground. But I, I'm telling you, yeah, thank having you. been in the military, there is a big difference See, between he knows. Saying, you don't know no boots on the ground. Whoa. We've all recognized since He's almost the outset we've had U.S. troops be, in Iraq, you little, you which are very munchkins, much on the little munchkins and, out there. And the there. colloquial meaning it. of the term, which is what many people, when they say new boots on the ground, are exactly. referring to, which Thank is large-scale, intentionally combat ground yes. troops engaged yes. in exactly in right. combat operations that they themselves are conducting yes. How independently. How hard is it to figure out boots on the ground doesn't mean boots on the ground? I do not foresee a scenario in which boots on the ground in Syria... Uh, American boots on the ground in Syria would not only be good for America, uh, but also would be good for Syria. There, see, it's pretty obvious what he's saying there. He's not going to have this massive invasion force put in Syria. That's what he's saying. Oh, okay. Wow. Anyway, none of this matters because Hillary's going to be president next time. So you can sit here and laugh at Obama all you want, but he did his greatest job as anyone could have. Probably one of our best presidents. And it's a shame he can't run again because the Republicans made the Constitution so a great man can't run for a third term after we had a great man who sadly died in office. And then they changed the rules after the fact. Uh, but anyway, Hillary's going to be president. And Donald Trump can just forget it because it's not going to happen. So he can just flip his wig for all I care. Yeah. Um... Well, uh, I was listening to the Glenn Beck program. Oh, God. Um, oh, jeez. What did he, oh, please. What did he do? Predict that Hillary is like the whore of Babylon in the Bible or something? Oh, jeez. Uh, no, actually, uh, Glenn's not, uh, that big of a fan of Trump. In fact, he's no fan at all. Yeah, he's a cruise man. And, um, so, uh, his show's been picking at this and that, man. And, and then, uh, I think uh, recently Mike Tyson, the, uh, former heavyweight boxer, uh, endorsed Trump. Uh, they go way back and, uh, he's always been, I guess, kind of friends with the man. And, uh, so he, uh, announced his endorsement of Trump. Well, um, oh, great. An endorsement from a rapist. You see, a total misogynist. Exactly. That's what, that's what Glenn said. What? 
Well, a Brooklyn clock can't be wrong. I mean, a Brooklyn clock can be right twice a day. So, yeah. Well, anyway, uh, they pointed out that uh, Mike Tyson's rape case that uh, happened years ago with a beauty pageant contested. And that uh, at the time, uh, Mike was due to fight uh, in Las Vegas and uh, Trump was the uh, promoter of that. I guess it was at one of Trump's places or something like that. I can't remember. But he, uh, he was heavily invested in that and was up was due to lose a couple of million dollars if Mike didn't show up. And, of course, he couldn't show up. He, uh, he had to go to jail. So uh, the word was that uh, the woman in the case, um, I believe her name was Desiree Washington, uh, she... Um, uh, turned down an offer of one million dollars to drop the case, and so that kind of bolstered her, her you know, her story because you're going to turn down that kind of money, and uh, if you were lying, it seemed like you would take the the cash. But it's always kind of wondered, gee, who had that kind of cash to make that offer? <laughs> so it's one of these things that could it's probably going to prop up or creep up during the campaign against uh, Hillary, so uh, that Trump could possibly expect this. As well he should. My God, I think that's that's probably right. So, well, good for Glenn Beck then. Well, Glenn Beck's not really pursuing, making the story. He just said, well, hey, that's, you know, that's something that's going to be looked into. And uh, it's going to be used against him. Um, But, you know, I'd heard different stories. Yeah, I mean, she did do a pageant in, like the next day or the day after. <laughs> When she was raped, and that people say, "Well, hey, apparently she had a history of accusing other people of rape." All this type, of, but this is the usual thing. He said, she said things that goes on in these cases. Uh, well, the victim's always a slut, and that sort of thing. So, uh, well, did the rape happen? Didn't it? Uh, or did, did it not happen? And that sort of, you know, well, who knows? But the the jury decided that yeah, it did. So he was convicted. Um, you know, I mean, I've seen when I, Mike Tyson on the ONA show and stuff like that years later, uh, after he kind of recovered from all of that. And uh, he seems like a much better guy now than he was then, because back then he was kind of weird. But uh, so uh, did it happen or not? I don't know. But uh, yeah, he is a convicted uh, rapist. And uh, even if he was uh, uh, not uh, guilty, uh, it is kind of... <laughs> If Donald Trump was the guy offering to pay off a woman just to save a fight, you know, when the guy might have been a rapist, because how would Donald Trump know? He wouldn't. You know, he could just say, well, you know, I like the guy. I don't think he would do that. So I think she's a whore, you know, and that sort of thing. Well, he doesn't really have, uh, you know, evidence or anything like that. It's best to just not be a part. I mean, he could offer uh, help with Tyson's uh, legal uh, expenses, but at the time Tyson was doing pretty good and uh, could afford his own. But um, but other than that, I mean, to try to buy off the the witness here, <laughs> so it's the kind of thing that could be a, a stumbling block along the way. It should blow him out of the water. I mean, I hope to God Hillary will use it. I'm sure she will because she's a champion of women and children, and she would never sit by and just sort of look the other way on some sort of rape scenario like that. My God! No, she wouldn't, huh? Well, you know, it's interesting you should say that, because when it comes to protecting women and children, especially from rapists, uh, there's a little problem with Hillary, too. In fact, in some ways, it might even be worse than Donald's scenario. That was, it was, it was, it was a fascinating case. It was but, a really interesting case. What is this? This guy was a Used to raping a twelve-year-old. Of course, he claimed that he did. Oh my gosh! 
took a lot of tests. I had to take a polygraph, which he passed, which forever destroyed my faith in polygraphs. <laughs> there she is laughing about her dead to rights, guilty client who raped a 12 year old girl. Yeah, yeah, she's having a good old time. The quality is really bad, but it's Hillary Clinton talking about a case she did where a guy had raped a 12 year old girl and then Hillary uh, represented this guy. And uh, she was laughing there because she had him take a polygraph test, which he passed. And she said forever destroyed her faith in the polygraph because she knew damn good and well the guy was guilty. Uh, she, uh, the case uh, involved uh, his, his underwear, which was seized because his underwear was bloody. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Oh. And, um, well, the uh, crime lab took the underwear to get uh, the samples and all that, do their tests. Well, they cut the uh, bloody stained part of the underwear out and did their test on that. But apparently they threw that fabric away. So the, uh, the underwear was returned back. Uh, I don't know to the court or what have you, um, with the, with a hole. You know they, they should have put the fabric together back with it, but they didn't. They threw it away. <laughs> so, so Hillary had just basically made the case that well, this is your evidence. You know, it's strange because I would have thought that there would be the documentation of the test. I thought would be uh, valid enough to be admissible, but I I suppose just by that saying, hey, you don't have the evidence against the client. That this happened, so they apparently they threw it away, but they would have had the test results. So it, anyway, the judge ruled on that, and apparently, um, yeah, he got off. So she went and found some other well-known uh, scientist from Brooklyn or some some kind of eccentric guy. But anyway, he said, "Yeah, there's nothing there on the underwear that they still had to link him to uh, the crime," and so uh, that's how Hillary was able to get him off. Let's see. Then sent the pants back with the hole in it for evidence. I said, what kind of evidence is that? You know, that pair of underpants with a hole in it. Of course, the crime lab had thrown away the piece that they cut out. It was really odd. I mean, I plea bargained it down. Yeah, see? I went back and told Malin Gibson that I had, well, I cut out who's who, and I'd done all this stuff, and I handed it to Malin Gibson. I said, well, this guy's ready to come from New York read this miscarriage of justice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> oh, he played bargains. He got him off. It was time served in the county jail. He did the county jail about two months. So, a child rapist was let go. Uh, and, uh, well, yeah, so, uh, well, she's just doing her job. She was the fitster. That's what she's supposed to do. That's just the way it is. Well, that's true, Lefty. She did have to do her job, and uh, that's right. Uh, but uh, she sure seems to find the whole scenario hilarious. So, yeah. So, uh, so you know, two can play at that game when it comes to these sort of things. And uh, so that's what you can expect to happen. So I don't know that uh, Mike Tyson's story is going to torpedo Donald Trump. And uh, if they're looking to knock down uh, the women's vote, uh, I don't know that that's going to do it any more than it already is. <laughs> so, oh, he's done with women. It's, yeah. He just he just exudes misogyny. It's so obvious. Oh God, no. it's it's over. Hillary's president. Sorry, learn to live with it. Deal with it. Yeah.
Yeah. Well, uh, so, so yeah. So you can either have, uh, Donald Trump with his trying to pay off a witness to shut up about Mike Tyson, or you can have the giggling lawyer, uh, Hillary Clinton, who helped a uh, child predator get off. There you go. There's your choice, America. <laughs> Oh boy! But anyway, this isn't funny, uh, Nelson. I mean, you're laughing just as much as Hillary was, so you're no better. And besides, Donald Trump has to be stopped. I mean, these people who run around with their stupid little big America great again hats. I just want to punch them in the face if I was a violent person, which of course I'm not. But if I was, that's what I would do. And I just oh. Well, but, some people did. Uh, some of them got beat up at some this Trump rally, uh, rally uh, just recently. And uh, I got to say, like I said earlier, that's only going to make but, but Donald the, uh, uh, more oh, sympathetic and, uh, and gain him more votes because no one's going to side with unruly thugs like that. But he's the root cause of the anger and the violence because of the threat that he represents. I think. I think that's how we do, uh, That's how we come to that. Well, what did he do to provoke it? Just his speeches? Exactly. I mean, he's calling them rapists and murderers. I mean, he's going to kill all the Muslims and he's going to kill all the Mexicans, probably. You know, and that's probably what he's going to do. So, of course, you have to fight to defend yourselves. You know, Lefty, that makes me think of a song. So, uh, before we go to break, let's let this little tune take us out. We don't need no legal aliens. What we need is border control No more Muslim jihad bombing Eagles leave America alone Hey! Illegals, leave America alone! All in all, you're just a filthy stain on Trump's wall. All in all, you're just a filthy stain on Trump's wall. Believe me, it's true. 
to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. Lozano and Friends. Eric Zorn from the Chicago Tribune. Yes. This whole podcast thing is not new to you, right? I love podcasts. I'm excited to hear about your network. Yeah. And uh, Well, it's not my network. Let's make that clear. I'm just on the The network. The network you're on. I think you can say it's your network. Okay, I'll take it. But anyway, so... so, I really think I, I think that in, in, in 10 years, 15 years, terrestrial radio is going to be just yeah. gone. Yeah. The people are going to say, I don't want to listen to what you know what they want me to listen to at this time. I want to listen to what I want to listen to. On-demand listening, yeah. it's it's getting easier and easier with all this technology we have. I think it's just yeah. the, it's the way it's going. And Mike Pesca has a good daily podcast on mm-hmm. Slate, and, and he makes the argument that most people don't listen on their iPods anymore. Most people don't have iPods right. anymore. They listen on their phones. They listen right. to all the various devices. And he just says it's radio. Because, yeah. you know, we don't, we don't say, well, if you're getting HBO, it's not television. If you, if you watch something on Netflix, it's not television. It's, it's television. So what, this, what we're doing here is radio. And it's just because it's delivered in, in a different medium doesn't mean it's not basically the same thing as radio. And the, and the, the term podcast, it sounds really weird to people. It sounds foreign. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, they, and they don't get it if you just say, I've got a radio show. What station is on? Well, it's on Bolsano.com. Right. No, that's, that's not a radio station. Well, yeah, it is a radio station because that's, that's what radio has become. Right. You are cutting edge, my oh, friend, and so am I. Would you? come on my podcast come on your what (laughs) (laughs) Lasano and friends great talk radio isn't dead it just moved to a better place radiomisfits.com next time on my brother's keeper my name is Earl Handley and I own the Handley tackle shop Uh, it's the business my daddy left me and I've been running it ever since. Uh, my younger brother Daryl is, well, I love him, I do. But he's just been an idiot since the day he was born. He recently uh, ruined his marriage. His wife kicked him out of the, the trailer house because he couldn't let go of the computer porn. So, now I figured it was my obligation to look out for him, so he's moved in with me and my wife and kids. And uh, he doesn't have a job, so I'm gonna have to give him one here at the tackle shop. Yeah, I, I, I always looked up to the, uh, the Earl, and, and I really appreciate uh, what he's doing for me. And I, I'm gonna show him. I'm gonna show him that I, 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 I'm something now. Well, I just hope they get along better than they do before. I'm not very confident that this will happen, but I just want everything to work out. It's just, they, they, they get into these big 
conflicts over, you know, little things. God damn it, Daryl! Get in here! What? What I do now? I just came out of the bathroom. Yeah, you know, yeah, look at me. Look at me when I'm talking to you. Did you? Did you piss in my toilet? Did you? Now, I did. Shut up! And answer me! Did you or did you not piss in my toilet? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> People say I'm overreacting. We got a guest room toilet. That's where he can do his business. He don't do it in mine. I don't know what to do. <laughs> How can Daryl grow if Earl keeps putting him down? And meanwhile, what about Sally Handley? Can she keep it all together while being trapped in the middle? I just wish they could understand that what nature calls, you know, sometimes... Don't make excuses for him, Sally! Damn it! You know I don't like that! And then, things got even more serious. I can't wait to see that Superman Batman movie. <laughs> That'll be something there. Yeah. Uh, oh, Daryl! Oh. Daryl! Daryl! Uh, Come here, you! Oh, uh, uh, Earl, I... Uh, Stupid idiot. Did you shit in my toilet? Uh, well, Don't uh, stammer. Answer me. Did you shit in my toilet? Hey. <laughs> yes, I did. I had the runs. My Brother's Keeper, Monday nights on TLC. Say, so, hey, would you like a little more Mr. Nelson? <laughs> you know you do. So head over to my store at society6.com slash Mr. Nelson. There you'll find selections of my artwork, which can be printed on, yeah, prints, but also t-shirts, throw pillows, mugs, tumblers, tote bags, and clocks, and iPhone and iPod cases, stuff like that. Also, hoodies, v-neck t-shirts, all kinds of t-shirts. Yes, that's right. Even long-sleeve shirts. Uh-huh. Yes, you can get the Mr. Nelson Show t-shirt, even the Bob Levy Show t-shirt, and all kinds of other Nelson artwork printed on a shirt. And, of course, with that throw pillow, you can even sleep with me. <laughs> so why don't you head over to society6.com slash Mr. Nelson. That's society, the number six, dot com slash M-R-N-A-I-L-S-I-N. Yes, it's just that simple. Believe in reincarnation? Answer me, you hoes. All right, come on now. What are you doing? Too good to talk to a puppet, huh? I hope your next shit is square. Our pal, the late great Otto Peterson, is no longer with us, but his legacy of laughs lives on at AutoandGeorge.com. There you can find his DVDs, T-shirts, and all things Otto and George at AutoandGeorge.com. Warrior Point Inc. was created to be the number one rallying point for any and all veterans who have honorably served this great nation. It does not matter whether you served your time during peacetime, wartime, or if you are still serving. If you served in the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, or National Guard, you are welcome as a member of Warrior Point. So join their ranks to support one another and to help raise awareness of the issues you face as defenders of our nation. Go to warriorpoint.org. That's Warrior Point with point ending in an E.org. 
Uh, this is Boobo from Night Night. Uh, and you're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show. <laughs> it's the middle of the day at Club Night, which doesn't open until six. And yet, a visitor arrives at Club Night's door. Uh, we don't open till six. Hi, I represent the Nice Cream Ice Cream Company, and we were hoping to interest Mr. Witchman in our product. I happen to have a sample of our Neapolitan selection, which we feel will make a great addition to the refreshments Club Night serves. Uh, well, uh, uh, I'll see that he gets some. Very well, here's the sample and my card. I thank you for your time. Have a nice day. Yeah, uh, you too. Well, now. I think I'll sample this ice cream myself. Mmm, this is some good stuff. Mm, yes, indeed. Uh, oh, oh, man, I'm getting stiff in my joints. Oh, oh, oh. Suddenly, Smedley finds himself completely paralyzed, unable to move or even talk. He can only sit there in the club night kitchen and ponder the horror that has befallen him as if he were frozen. As night falls on Cityopolis, we find the masked marvels outside the Mosquito's secret hideout. Night, night, I think we should call the police. What the hell for, Bubo? The Mosquito's gang has got too many men. We can't take them all on. We're night, night, and Bubo, Bubo. We can handle this. We've been in tougher situations before. I don't know about this one, night, night. Look, Bubo, it's time Commissioner Wetman learns what it feels like to be left out of cases. Being on our own... We'll show the city who the real champions of justice are. Who? Ah, stupid. Now let's go. Slowly, the caped champions make their way to the old abandoned warehouse that is the Mosquito's current headquarters. All right, Bubo. Notice that guard? Recognize him? No. <sighs> Obviously, you aren't as observant as I am. That guy is the driver of the team. If we take him out, we get the keys to their getaway van. Understand? Uh, I guess so. Now, Bubo, just follow my lead. And so Night Night races towards the guard, but then the guard turns to see Night Night and quickly struggles for his gun. Don't even think about it, asshole! Hey, it's Night Night! Damn it, Night Night! I don't need a gun to kick your fat ass! Whoa! Whoa, get the Night Night gas! Boy, Night Night, if it wasn't for Nighty Night Gas, we would have been dead a long time ago. What? <laughs> Shut up, Bubo. Keep your voice down. We've got to get inside without the mosquito knowing. But first, search the guard for his keys. Uh, uh, got him! <laughs> Look, his keychain is shaped like a hammer. And <laughs> it says, Pussy Hammer. <laughs> Shut up and put those in your satchel. Right, Night Night. I'll guard him with my life. Yeah, whatever. Now, come on. Let's find a way to sneak in. Meanwhile, in the Mosquito's meeting room... Hey, boys. How much cash did we haul in today? Gee, boss, it's got to be 20 million bucks. Damn, boss. We could retire on that shit. 
enough to cover my expenses. Expenses? Yeah, I need a new mosquito mobile, a mosquito jet, and a mosquito ray gun. Oh, man. You never know when a damn night-night might show up. Meanwhile, in the next room, we find that Night-Night and Boobo have gained entry. All right, Boobo, Mosquito and his gang are in the next room. But if they're heavily armed in there, we could burst into a death trap. No, Boobo, we'll use the air-conditioned vent to crawl over them and subdue them with nighty-night gas. Now, open that vent. Now, I'll slide in. You sure you can fit? You're too fit. Push me, Boobo. Push! I'm inside, Bubo. Now, come on up here. I'm already behind you. It was easy for me because... Yeah, yeah. Let's go. I can barely breathe in this congested passageway. Really? I can breathe just fine. Shut up, Bubo. Wait. I'm right over the ceiling vent of the mosquito's room. I can see him and his men. Yeah, boss, I think he's got a point there. Well, I can't see anything over your fat butt. Careful, Bubo. I don't want your head up my ass. No, hand me the 99 gas. Wait, what? Put on your gas mask. Look at him struggle and squirm. As long as we keep pouring on the gas, they're finished. Uh, night, night. Uh, I think the vent's giving away. What? Whoa! Well, well, well. Whatever here. Night, night, bottle. Quick, Boobo, put on gas masks. Surrender, mosquito. There's no escape. Yeah, I don't think so, night, night. My getaway van is waiting right outside. The my remaining boys here are gonna blow you away. Guess again, Mosquito. Doesn't I grenade, Boo Boo? Okay. What the hell was that? Thanks, Night Night. Those are my van's keys. Oops. Let's shoot the Night Night. No shit. Run for cover. Worry not, dear listener, as our heroes manage to escape the hail of bullets that only succeed in hitting the sleeping bodies of the mosquitoes' nighty-night gassed henchmen. Meanwhile, outside... Yeah, so long, night-night Damn it! He's getting away! To the night cruiser! Oh, no! Our tires are being slashed! What? All of them? Uh, yep. The mosquito and his gang didn't have time to do this. It must have been those goddamn vandals. Oh, the wayward youths of Cityopolis. Be there, no. Yeah, look, the spray night fag on the door again. Dude! What? Who called the police? Damn it. Now, what one's gonna know all about this disaster? Well, well, look who's here. Now, look, officer. We tried to do the best we could to capture these criminal fiends, but... Yeah, yeah, turn around and put your hands behind your back. You're under arrest for interfering in police business. What? You can't cuff me. I just did. Let... Hey! Come back here, night-night! Come back here, night-night! Start the car, Boo-Boo! But the tires! We'll run on the wheels! Hurry! Get out of that car! Now! Atomic batteries to power. I need the laser cutter for the cuffs. Turbines to speed. What the hell are you doing? I'm starting the car. I'm starting the key in the ignition, oh, dumbass. Right we'll open fire. Oh, shit. Put up the shields. Damn it. 
Come on, Night Knight. Come out of there. And what if I don't? You'll point your guns at me? <laughs> Come on, Bubo. Let's get out of here. What's that noise? Hello. The nuclear reactor is overheating. Uh, deactivate the shields. Oh, no, you mean it's gonna melt down? Yeah, just deactivate the shields! Oh, okay. Do it, Bubo! I'm trying, but it ain't working. What? Oh, something's hung up. Or, damn it, I wish I could get these cuffs off. Oh, shit! Oh, no! Is it lights out for Night Knight and Bubo? Has Night Knight once again proven that he is indeed his own worst enemy? And what about Smentley? Must he remain frozen in the kitchen? Find out next week! This has been a Nailsin production. The Night Night theme song is performed by Alistair White and his lovely wife, Heather. Incidental music is courtesy of Kevin McLeod. All characters are performed by me, Douglas Nelson. Join us again, won't you? Well, uh, didn't Night Night and Bubo do that just the last week or the week before? <laughs> Oh, they really need to learn how to drive, huh? Well, speaking of superheroes, uh, Marvel, the ones who do the, uh, the, the popular ones, not the DC movies that seems to flop. I mean, I, okay, I'll, I'll, let me get through this. I went to the, uh, Batman Superman movie. I went to see it late because I didn't want to put up with people's cell phones and all that crap. And, uh, so it was not that big of a crowd. Uh, it's still playing, so, uh, it made some coin, but it wasn't the big success that uh, Warner Brothers was hoping so that they could match Marvel for what they had done. Uh, I went in with lowered expectations because I didn't think the trailer was all that great. And uh, so it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. There's some major holes there. Uh, but And some that I some people are saying are there, and I don't really see it. I mean... Uh, yeah, that scene they're talking about, uh, Superman was dreaming. That's when he wasn't really there. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Um, the worst part of it is Lex Luthor. That, they really dropped the ball on that. It's just crap. Uh, uh Lex Luthor's not, uh, he's not the Joker. You can't <laughs> have him be psychotic and uh, trembling and being that completely batshit. That's not gonna work for a character like Lex Luthor. So, that was stupid. Um, and the rest of it, it's not even really a movie. It's an advertisement for the next movie or the, or movies as they want to do. Um, it's all this, uh, foreshadowing of events that are supposed to be happening in the future of these superheroes. And so, eh, but, uh, some people say it's horrible. No, I didn't think it was horrible, but, uh, I, I would have thought Superman and Batman deserve better. Uh, as far as Ben Affleck's performance as Batman, uh, a lot of people were crapping on him before they got, he did a good job. Uh, I have no problems with what he did. Uh, it's not his fault, but the story was, uh, <laughs> and the kind of, uh, corners that they painted themselves into to try to hurry up and resolve it. Uh, uh, his job was to play Batman. So that's not on him. So as far as I'm concerned, he did all right. And, uh, it's, and for action scenes and stuff, it's great. Uh, there's especially the Batman stuff. There's a lot of cool Batman scenes there for that kind of thing. But, uh, overall, eh, not great, but, uh, not horrible. 
meanwhile, Marvel uh, keeps uh, knocking them out of the park for most of them. Uh, I think uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was terrible, but everybody else loves it, so it's they're still rolling. And their next uh, superhero on the way is Doctor Strange. Uh, he's the uh, magic man guy who runs around in the... Uh, a blue skirt and a black pantyhose and a red cape. <laughs> and he's magic, yes. Um, he'll be played by uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. And uh, hopefully, uh, which I think is good casting. It looks pretty good. And he's a, a, a he's an impressive actor. I hope he's not wasted here as he was on the Star Trek movie where he played Khan. Um just pass on that one. It wasn't any good. Uh, but anyway, so uh, this might be pretty good. We'll see. But uh, in the meantime, there's been a bit of controversy. Uh, the The story of Doctor Strange is he's a surgeon who was in a car accident and he was badly damaged his hands, and so he uh, goes on a. And he was kind of like a, an arrogant bastard, kind of like House, I guess. <laughs> and then he has to go on a journey of self discovery, and he encounters a Tibetan uh, wise man called the Ancient One, who reveals to him secret magical powers, and as a result, Doctor Strange becomes this superhero. Well, uh, in today's enlightened world, <laughs> cultural appropriations, um, sometimes you can cast Asians and sometimes you can't. And, um, well, uh, here's an article that discusses it. Um, and this is where they discuss the uh, co-writer of the script for this uh, movie. Uh, the headline, Dr. Strange co-screenwriter defends cultural landmine of controversial casting. Since the recent release of a trailer for the upcoming film Doctor Strange, controversy has erupted over a character played by Tilda Swinton, known as the Ancient One. Yes, that's right. Uh, Tilda Swinton's a woman, for one thing, and uh, the Ancient One was a man. But, of course, that would have been completely acceptable in today's new PC rules. In fact, it probably would have been demanded. <laughs> so... But on the other hand, uh, she's white and from Britain. Oh, my God. The uh, the capital of uh, the white empire that once uh, raped the world and everything. So this is really terrible, isn't it? But, um, well, what are you going to do? Uh, so anyway, uh, movie's co-screenwriter C. Robert Cargill has said that the casting decision was driven in part by a need to protect the lucrative Chinese theatrical market. Yeah, see, since it's Tibet, China would like it if movies just don't mention Tibet at all. Well, you see, the reason is, is because, well, China is a communist country, and what communists do is that they stamp on people and force them into a submissive position under a police state. Yes, and that's what happened to Tibet. They massacred people and uh, pretty much crippled them and took away everything that was theirs. Because uh, Tibet was, uh, it was Tibet, it wasn't China. But now it is, because uh, the communists say it's so. Anyway, they don't want anyone uh, even mentioning it, because they get mad, and then they say you can't play your movie in our country. So uh, he's probably got a good point here, where they thought, damn, what do we do? Uh, uh, I suppose they could have come up with some imaginary country, but uh, approaching uh, an Asian character of any sort, uh, they might have gotten in trouble. So even if it was a fake Tibet country, they still you're still saying it's Tibet. Ooh, you would not be in our country, and then so then you'd be in trouble, you know. So anyway, in a recent interview with the pop culture podcast Double Toasted, huh, Cargill declared. 
There is no other character in Marvel history that is such a cultural landmine that is absolutely unwinnable. I, I guess. Uh, and this comes with its uh, idea that apparently if there's a cartoon character, which these comic book superheroes are, uh, and they were developed by white people, which in this case uh, they were <laughs> for the most part. And if you're a white guy and you make up a character who's from Tibet, you're a racist. It doesn't matter how you draw him. doesn't matter that you depicted this guy as the wise master who teaches the very white Doctor Strange how to use secret powers that he didn't know anything about. No, that's not good enough. That's all racist because you're just an ignorant white bastard and everything you do is racist, even when you don't mean to be racist. <laughs> so, um, it's racist no matter what. So what, so the, you, you just got to drop the whole idea and it's some bald British lady is, uh, the master, uh, teacher or ancient one here in this story. Uh, let's see. He called the original character of the ancient one, a racist stereotype who comes from a region of the world that is in a very weird political place. Yes, he originates from Tibet. So if you acknowledge that Tibet is a place and that he's Tibetan, you risk alienating one billion people who think that, well, and, and risk the Chinese government going, hey, you know, one of the biggest film-watching countries in the world, we're not going to show you a movie because you decided to get political. Well, he didn't use that uh, racist uh, <laughs> voice. I doubt. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but that's his point, the fear of that. But also, uh, yeah, the weird political place. <laughs> that's a nice way of putting it, of communists ran in there and murdered Tibetans, and China just doesn't want to talk about it anymore. Um, so, so basically, that's what he's saying, what they did. Uh, I mean, so I guess they decided altogether not to hire an, an Asian actor to play this. Which I, again, I thought they could have just made up of some other land to get around it or whatever. But yeah, you, you, like you said, it's unwinnable because then you're you're a coward in the face of oppression and uh, this uh, state, police state that uh, wants to keep on uh, subjugating these people and doesn't want anyone acknowledging that they did this terrible thing to Tibet. So uh, Marvel caves into that for the money. And, uh, meanwhile, uh, China gets away with this. On the other hand, you're, uh, you know, you're rewriting your own character and denying this character. But like I said, if you had, then everyone would be mad at you because like this guy even says it's a racist stereotype. So if they'd done it, even though it's kind of putting this guy in an exalted position, he's the teacher of the superhero, but apparently I, I guess that's a racist thing too. So uh, you just couldn't win with this one. Uh, as for whether Swinton's role should nevertheless have been cast using an Asian performer, such as Michelle Yu, a frequent suggested online Cargill responded, if you are telling me you think it's a good idea to cast a Chinese actress as a Tibetan character, you are out of your damn fool mind and have no idea what the... I wonder what he said, but they blanked it out. You're talking about... Yeah... Oh, she should be Asian? Asian? She should be Japanese? She should be Indian? Really? The levels of cultural sensitivity around this thing is everyone is staking out their own one particular place and not realizing that every single thing here is a losing proposition. <laughs> he kind of comes, I mean, he's making points about the China market and that I think is true, but the rest of the, he's kind of an idiot here. Um, 
so apparently casting uh, Chinese women and uh, 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 Japanese women would be even more racist. <laughs> so, because the only way to be accurate would have been a Tibetan actor. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, China would not like that. So, um, <laughs> so you can't win because uh, Cargill here agrees with a uh, PC uh, rules and uh, tyranny. <laughs> so he's kind of like the Chinese himself. <laughs> and um, so he says he's right. You can't win because you can't win with him. You can't win with the people that's bitching at him and you can't win with China. Uh, anyway, note that the decision was made by director Scott Dickerson, uh, Derrickson, I'm sorry, uh, before Cargill joined the project to cast the male role with a female performer. Cargill also added, uh, everybody kinds of pats us on the back for that and then decides to scold us for not being Tibetan. We knew what the social justice warriors would be, would be angry either way. Well, I think you're one of them. <laughs> so... It is kind of fun to watch them eat their own. But, um, so yeah, but he's got this point here, this odd thing about, it's like I said, you know, uh, we're going to make this male character a female character because somehow that's empowering for women to be something men were. <laughs> Whereas instead of a woman being her own thing or what have you, her own character. Um, so, so you see, it's bad. It's bad because there's all this stuff. There's a lot of the comics these days is a ton of it where they're replacing old characters with characters of a different ethnicity because they were white. And so that's bad. You can't have white people. So a lot of characters have been black or they've had their uh, sex changed uh, or, or they've been anything but white and male. Uh, uh, because because now here we've run into a problem with a white woman. See, because she's a woman, but she's white. But at the same time, He's explaining here, what are you going to do? You're going to put a Chinese actress in there? Oh, oh, no. See, boy. So he does have a point. It is quite the uh, uh, landfield, uh, minefield. And um, uh, boy, uh, they, they, you, you're going to step in it no matter what you do. <laughs> Uh, addressing the controversy herself in a recent interview with the Times, uh, Tilda Swinton said... Uh, there is a misunderstanding in some quarters about me being asked to play an Asian character, which I've been grateful to put people right about, because the character that I was invited to play was absolutely not Asian. And I think we are all looking forward to seeing that film, and we will see what we will see, and we're all, those of us who made it, are extremely excited to see, uh, to show it to people. I think when we, when they see the film, they will understand where we're coming from and why. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Well, well, simply put, uh, can't you wait to see the movie before you judge it? Yeah. But uh, the original story, of course, uh, is what you've abandoned already. <laughs> so there's going to be a little upset no matter what you do. Uh, back to Cargill's point. But um, see, Tilda uh, Swinton here, uh, boy, she's got a cover the bases here. Hey, look, uh, I'm not a racist. And she's, oh, well, I'm not playing an Asian. No, I'm not, you know, I'm not culturally appropriating a culture. But if this takes place in any kind of Asian land, which it did in the story, I don't know where, unless, like I said, they're going to make up some uh, make-believe land that he went to of a country that doesn't exactly exist, which the comics do from, especially DC does it all the time. There's no Metropolis or Gotham. You know, Marvel, 
puts a lot of their characters in New York, but then there's also a lot of uh, lands and countries, entire nations uh, that they just made up. They don't really exist. And so they could have done this here for the movie's sake. And I'm assuming they will, because I mean, I've seen the trailer and she's in, you know, it looks like an episode of Kung Fu or whatever. You know? <laughs> and so it's just, she's, she's not, neither one of them are Asian, but they're like practicing some sort of mystical martial arts type thing. And, uh, so, uh, that's not going to satisfy social justice warriors because one of their, uh, grievances, one of their, you know, I guess I got a million of them by now, uh, is cultural appropriation. And so when you have a, a white person practicing the culture, uh, as, a cultural aspects of what have you, uh, of another, uh, non-white, uh, culture, uh, that's wrong. Even though it, it could be a white guy who totally accepts it and believes it and sees it as better as his own or her own in this case. Uh, no, no, no. She's still white. So it's, it's not, you know, you, again, you, Cargill makes the point. You can't win, uh, despite his stupidity on other matters. Uh, so yeah, but his, his point is valid here. Um, anyway, uh, after the interview, I guess they're talking about with Car, uh, Cargill, uh, um, and the uproar over the statements, Marvel released the following statement. Marvel has a very strong record of diversity in its casting of films and regularly departs from stereotypes and source material to bring its MCU to life. The Ancient One is a title that is not exclusively held by any one character. Well, yeah, but it, <laughs> I've seen this story. It, it, it's the Tibetan guy. But rather, a moniker passed down through time. And in this particular film, the embodiment is Celtic? <laughs> what? Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> so, uh, so I guess he's going to go to Ireland or something. Um, Okay, wow. Boy, they're really going... Uh, Jeez. Anyway, we are very proud to have the enormously talented Tilda Swinton portray, portray this unique and complex character alongside our richly diverse cast. Uh, and Cargill added on his Twitter account that he doesn't speak for Marvel. <laughs> What's that? So Celtic. Uh, so, uh, I, I, well, I said Ireland. Uh, I guess, what, Southern England or something like that? A anyway, uh, so, uh, <laughs> not going anywhere near Asia. Yeah. <laughs> the things you got to do to avoid horseshit. Um, because even by doing that, you could have people upset. You're not representing stories that celebrate Asian culture. Because, yeah, and I guess there's a point there. But then if you do, uh, you're mocking Asian culture. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> There's no racism here for the uh, Doctor Strange story. Uh, no one sat down and said, yeah, I'm going to uh, draw one of these little gooks and uh, uh, little monkeys and uh, <laughs> have a good fun. and make." No, he puts this guy as the teacher of the hero. That's not a disrespectful stance of a character. So, um, yeah. But, you know, who the hell can explain social justice warriors? Even one of them here, <laughs> which I think... I think is uh, true. Uh, Cargill here can't deal with them. So, yeah, eventually they do eat their own, and uh, it's a joy to watch, but it brings us all down, doesn't it? Yeah, because, uh, like you said, uh, w everywhere you go is a, is a minefield. So, there you go. Well, we'll see how Doctor Strange turns out, but uh, we just can't just do a goddamn movie, you know? 
You just can't tell your story. You gotta worry about all these little eggshells. Oh, well, I think that's a good little, good little story to end the show on, huh? <laughs> so, uh, we'll see you next time. And be sure to check out the Bob Levy Show, which uh, I, uh, I'm a part of more and more now. And uh, I'll pop up on shows like uh, Conti and Kenny and uh, the Rob Saul Show in whatever form it's taking. I don't know. <laughs> sometimes it's on, sometimes it isn't. And um, and check out uh, John Kinsel's show on LaughCast.com. He does his show on Thursdays, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, the uh, Passive Aggressive Hour. And occasionally, sometimes... I'll even call in and chit-chat with the boys there. Yes. So, do enjoy that. And please check out my selfie.com video store, where I do my poor man's mystery science theater act on uh, crappy old movies, uh, sci-fi movies and stuff like that, and horror movies. And uh, and they're very, 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 very cheap. So, uh, you know, it won't, won't kill you. <laughs> you know, help me out here. <laughs> Uh, stuff that isn't so cheap is the artwork at Society6 store, uh, society6.com, uh, slash Mr. Nelson. Uh, there, uh, there's t-shirts, uh, there's coffee cups, uh, and add prints of artwork. I'm going to put a, a bunch more pretty soon here. And, uh, so check that out. And occasionally there's sales and, uh, they knock it down pretty good and you can snatch up some, uh, Mr. Nelson t-shirts. Yeah. And uh, some other shirts and stuff that I've done. And like I said, coffee uh, mugs. Uh, I think there's tumblers, uh, pillows, clocks even. You know, all kind of crap like that. Stuff you just have to have. Yes, you do. You know you do. Yes. All right. Good night, everybody. The views and opinions expressed during the Mr. Nelson Show do not necessarily reflect those held by RadioMisfits.com. So, any complaints and or comments should be sent to at Mr. Nelson on Twitter, where they will be promptly ignored and or blocked.